Boys and ghouls, welcome to another episode of Dads from the Crypt. We have a special State of the Crypt interview, uh, the first of hopefully many. Um, we are a Tales from the Crypt podcast. My name is Jason, and tonight I'm joined by Jonathan, the man behind CryptTube. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Jason? Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Oh, no problem, no problem. Thank you for coming on. We hope we got some good stuff to discuss. So why don't you start off by telling us about what Cryptube is? Uh, well, Cryptube is basically a central hub of uh, tales information and uh, content uh, that's on YouTube. I basically created the channel in order to have all fans be able to enjoy the, the old promos, the episodes, uh, and information that a lot of uh, fans either know or don't know. But it's basically a, a community that Tales fans can come together and enjoy the Tales series for what it for what it was, what it's given us uh, back in its heyday, and also either enjoy the past with the comics and what it's brought to us with the films as well. Awesome, awesome! And you're not just posting um, old stuff; you're enhancing as well. Can you talk about that? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, when it comes to uh, the series, uh, a lot of fans, along with myself, have clamored for the uh, 4K Blu-ray box set of Tales to be uh, brought to us. Unfortunately, uh, due to rights issues, this is not something that's ever come about. So I've taken it upon myself to upscale and improve uh, the Tales episodes that we have all seven seasons into a 4K upscale format. So um, right now... So- I have seasons one and two completed uh, with season three coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look fantastic, um, the ones Thank I've you. watched. Um, and can you talk about the process? Are you, are you using like computer learning or an algorithm? Or are you going through each scene and like cleaning stuff up? Uh, the process pretty much requires uh, one application. Uh, well, two applications, excuse me. Uh, one application involves the entire AI learning machine which is a uh, Topaz uh, video upscaler um, or video enhance, excuse me. Um, that program requires going through two different ren- uh, renders in order to actually get rid of a lot of the artifacts that are in the original uh, uh, source material. However, um, due to the fact that, you know, I don't have the master footage of each episode you know, uh, under, under me, uh, there's only so much I can do in order to actually upscale the videos. Like sometimes you'll still see, um, you'll still see like some cracks in the film because it, because the original source that I'm using is basically the DVD formats in order to uh, complete this. Uh, but then after I do the, the two renders and the upscaler, I go through Vegas Pro and go through color correction, a little bit of sharpening and do some other additional uh, enhancements in order to make the, uh, the episode look the way it does now. Mm-hmm. And when uh, this artifacting is something I hear a lot about when it comes to video editing, can you describe that? 
Well, artifacts are basically like, it, it's almost, I mean, I, I'm a little basic in this, uh, this realm, but as, when I've researched the artifacts are basically uh, pixelation and blocks that we see in uh, videos that we see. So a lot of the stuff that you see in lower quality and you see those blocks in the video, that's, that's what artifacts are. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, and what, what other kind of videos are, do you have on your show, like on your channel? Uh, a lot of the videos that I have are basically uh, old promos that are hard to find that were posted uh, originally for HBO, uh, Fox, Chiller, Fearnet, other syndicated networks that had to show on their networks, um, fan-made content. Like if uh, any fans have made, uh, you know, music videos, if fans have made uh, like homages to Tales from the Crypt or anything of the sort, art. Uh, that's also gets posted uh, there. But uh, for that kind of content, I don't go out of my way to steal their content off their YouTube channels. I simply make a playlist that gets uh, mm -hmm. collaborated and uh, put together on the channel. That way, all the views and likes can go straight to the user's videos. I don't like the idea of stealing other people's content like mm -hmm. that. Um, the only reason... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the only reason why I would actually download their content is on the off chance that if the video gets deleted, removed, then I can upload it and people can enjoy it. But that's only with uh, promos. I don't like stealing other people's content. All right. Good. Now, speaking of that, have you been copyrighted by any uh, by HBO or Warners on the videos that you've been upscaling? Uh, a few times, not by HBO, um, by Warner Brothers. Uh, for the most part, uh, the most common issue I have uh, was when I had the uh, Seeing Ear Theater uh, audio tales uh, uploaded on my channel when I first started it. And when that happened, uh, Warner Music Group, that company had an issue with me using um, those audio tales on my channel. And they had me, they, they, YouTube didn't even give me a chance to either uh demonetize them or even uh alter them uh they basically just removed them without even notifying me uh so they were inaccessible after that point um after that there was uh the, each episode that i've uploaded uh basically has a copyright strike on it um or a warning which states that the videos cannot be monetized due to the fact that uh, Danny Elfman's theme for the, for the show is attached to each episode. Uh, I don't know what kind of copyright I would get if I removed um, the intro to the series, um, but I don't know. It's not something I've ever take, I've ever experimented on. Uh, I just know for a fact that the videos are still available to view. However, uh, they'll never be monetized. Right. Well, it's not like you're trying to make a buck off of this. Uh -huh. No, absolutely. It's, it seems like you put a lot of work into these. How long does the average episode take to complete? Uh, <laughs> uh, one episode, uh, once I do the first render process, uh, it takes about maybe an hour or so. Then when I upscale it again for a second time, it takes about approximately a day and 30 minutes. I mean, like the whole the whole process from like start to finish. Like, how long will it take you to get an episode out? For all, uh, that probably would be a day and a half, maybe uh, a little bit more mm -hmm. than that. Okay. Just to get one episode. Okay. 
And then, um, so how did you get into Tailslicker? Because you're obviously a fan. Um, I can see the artwork behind you, which is really impressive. Thank you. Um, so what was your what was your hook into Tales of the Crypt? Uh, my segue into the show was wasn't exactly uh, as uh, forthcoming. Um, basically, I was kind of uh, terrorized as a child of, for, with the Crypt Keeper. Uh, my brother and sister uh, basically just taunted me all the time with the Tales theme. You know, uh, them trying to cackle like the Crypt Keeper uh, just you know triggered the shit out of me. <laughs> but uh, that's and any single time since I was a kid, any single time they wanted to get under my skin, that's what they would do. Um, but needless to say, um, it pretty much led me to being a diehard fan uh, of the of the show and the Crypt Keeper itself. Um, it wasn't until maybe high school or college years where I actually started to, you know, tip tiptoe into the water a little bit. You know, when it came when it came to watching the show. And when the show first came, got released on DVD, when it got released on DVD in the 2000s, that is when I actually started, you know, buying the first season and actually just dove right in. And, you know, ever since then, I've been so, so passionate about the show. Mm -hmm. Great. And um, let's talk about the latest um, news that you've been sharing about the legal uh, updates. Yeah, absolutely. So you posted a video uh, recently. Can you talk about that? Yes. The video that I just recently posted uh, a few days ago is uh, Crypt Discussions, uh, the Tales IP rights, Gaines versus Silver Pictures. Uh, Gaines, the Gaines estate has won that legal battle. And that legal battle has been going on for eight years. Eight years. And it's... Uh, it's amazing that they come this far and it's going to lead to, it could possibly lead to a lot of great things from EC Comics now at this point. So what exactly are we talking about when we talk about this, this case or what the Gaines estate has power over now? Is it the rights to the streaming? Is it rights to the merchandise, the characters, the comics, or the whole package? Yeah, so uh, basically this whole case was... Uh, in a fight for the Tales from the Crypt trademark and the Crypt Keeper trademark. Uh, they initiated this whole thing in 2013. They tried to, they tried, well, actually, they filed the whole thing in 2011, but it took two years for the whole case to actually start up. So 2011, 2013, 2013 started, and basically they were filing on the case of abandonment and uh, um, likelihood of confusion uh, for the Crypt Keeper name. And basically, due to the abandonment clause, the Silver Pictures and Tales from the Crypt Holdings uh, had not been utilizing the character or its names for many, many years. And we all know that Tales from the Crypt ended in 1996. The films ended in 1996. And then we also had um, a few pop-ups here and there of the Crypt Keeper for like special events. But the last time we actually saw him was in 2012 for Fear Net's uh, New Year's, you know, Eve event. Um, after that, you never saw him. You never saw him whatsoever. And uh, due to lack of utilization, that's when uh, the Gaines Estate decided to start filing for uh, abandonment and trying to get the show or the character back to them. And now that it officially has been done and it is completed, um, 
right now the gains estate has free reign to do whatever they feel like with the the character and the show whether that leads to uh, a revival of the series whether that leads to merchandise uh through third-party vendors whether that leads to um uh home streaming services that is up to them to determine what they want to do in terms of who they make deals with and like they can they can make a deal with netflix hulu they can go straight to hbo max and hbo already has experience ex experience with this uh ip um we we don't know yet uh, nobody knows exactly what they're going to do and i'm pretty sure ec comics is going to play this one close to the chest and and make sure it stays uh well hidden so the games so the games estate has everything so they have the streaming they have the character in the comics and in the the puppet itself so they they, they have rights to everything yes because the uh, the the main question there was is who owned tales from the crypt who owned the crypt keeper name and this document here this whole this whole spread right here on this website shows that the, the original holders were silver pictures and tales from the crypt holdings silver pictures is owned by joel silver and basically this company here in this organization had the rights to both of those names those trademarks and you know um did, the, they, the did they originally license those from ec comics yes they did and yes, then was did. that just and that was just an indefinite uh, agreement it was like a, an end date to that well, in terms of how they went about it, that I do not know in terms of like what their contract was. Mm -hmm. I don't have any information regarding what their original contract was and what was initially um, put on it to, to to say, you know, this is how you use our character. This is how you use the name of uh, Tales from the Crypt. This is how long you're going to use it for uh, monetary rights. I, I don't know what that entails in terms okay. of the original contract. And how they continuously uh, revamped it through, I guess, the many, many years the show has seen success. Um, that all is based on what we know from the Gaines Estate, uh, their their uh, correspondence agent, or um, Silver Pictures. Whatever that, whatever was entailed in that deal, and the ones after that, that's all information that is not privy to me or anybody else right now. Sure. So when we talk about the Gaines Estate, is that integrated with EC Comics or are those two separate entities? I wouldn't be able to tell you that one. Okay. I, don't, I have no idea. Because <laughs> I mean, obviously William Gaines was um, the was he a copyright editor, or is he the the editor of EC Comics? Uh, he he, you know, William M. Gaines was one of the founding fathers of EC okay. Comics, along with Al Feldstein. Right. Those two were the ones who pioneered entertaining uh, an entertaining comic uh, brand. It used to, if I recall, it used to be called edu uh, Education Comics. Right. After, but then they started veering into the horror genre, and then we had the the nineteen fifty. I think I think it was nineteen fifty four uh, court case of um, you know um, juvenile delinquency in comic books and media. That started going off in the Senate, and then that's when you know they started shutting down certain words being used in the comic books back then, and that is what caused you know that snowball effect of e EC horror going down the drain. Comic books were getting burned. You know, parents are telling their kids, "Don't read this. Don't you ever read this again." Uh, there's been many, many references, you know, of that 
of that event in other media after that. Like if you watch Creep Show, uh, the the intro to the Creep Show film, mm-hmm. like you know, you actually see the father, uh, you know, getting on his son. Like, don't you ever read this crap again? You know, you know, otherwise you're gonna get the belt. That kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, they're like that was a direct correlation of what you would kind of see with the parents back in the the fifties or the sixties when it came to their kids reading that that kind of media. Yeah, my favorite uh, meta moments is in Demon Knight, where the little boy is reading a Tales from the Crypt comic book and he gets possessed by yeah, the demon. Is right. because he's reading a comic book. I'm like, okay, yeah. well done. Yeah, um, definitely that one. So, but EC Comics is still around, at least as far as like putting out um, remasters, not remasters, but like new version, uh, updated versions of their comics, like the re-release, re-releasing, re-releases of their comics. So I'm interested why the rights have gone to the Gaines Estate and not to EC Comics. Well, the, the Gaines Estate is basically EC Comics. Like, you know, it, like whatever money they made off of any sort of revamps or reprints of uh, EC Comic horror titles like Tales from the Crypt, because we, we all know, like, they made those big issue books and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They come out with these archives um, and uh, EC big book collections, uh, volumes. So EC still makes money off of their collections and their values. Um, so the Gaines Estate and the EC Comics are basically one and the same. That, that's as far as I know. Uh, one person that I know for a fact would be able to answer those questions to a T, to a T is my good friend Tommy Burns, who's, uh, who's an admin for the EC uh, comic group. Okay. Cool. So... We really don't know what's next until they, they, they decide to make an announcement, hopefully with a streaming deal um, or who knows what's next. But, you know, it, it's just shocking that you can't get any official merchandise with the Crypt Keeper on it. Because mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, because of the new Creep Show, the, the, Crip, the Crip, uh, Creep Show character, you know, the Creeper, the, the creeper there's mm-hmm. been, you know, new figurines. I've seen that lately and all kinds of stuff. But you can't get anything with a Crypt Keeper on it, at least officially. Um, yeah. And, there's, definitely that, money, there's definitely money to be made there. That's the sad part about it is, uh, too, because uh, John Kassir has even commented on that, that little issue when it comes to third-party mer- merchandising that's, you know, unofficial. You know, he says that the Crypt Keeper is one of the most popular characters, in, in, you know, in pop media from, since the 90s. And, you know, there was so much money that was being made when it came to Tales from the Crypt Productions and Jack Wall, who was heading that 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 organization, that company. And, you know, Jack Wall originally said that, you know, the Crypt Keeper is basically uh, our Santa Claus. You know, basically, yeah. you know, you know, you get that kind of merchandising and pop phenomenon from the Crypt Keeper character itself. And to this day, like a lot of people know who the Crypt Keeper is, like and no matter what fashion he's being referenced, people know who the Crypt Keeper is. A lot of them. And uh, we see unofficial merchandising from third-party vendors of Crypt Keeper. We see it on Etsy. We see it on Redbubble. You know those kind of vendors, because uh, usually those kind of that kind of merchandise is, is fan-made. Because you know we all want to share our love of the Crypt Keeper. However, we don't get any sort of official, like we, we don't get official talking dolls that are remade. We don't get official puppets. We don't get official, uh, you know, like um, posters. Or like a, a NECA figure, you know, I die for a NECA figure. I love those. Wouldn't uh, wouldn't we all? I would love yeah. the NECA figure of the Crypt Keeper, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and we want the, and we want like Kassir and all the people who spent all those years working on uh, Kevin Yeager 
to get you know to get those uh, royalties and everything from it. Yes. Uh, we want, we, I mean, I love I love the fan art too, but we also want the people who you know originated the stuff to get their their due pay. Yes, 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 and I, I think it's one of those things that you know it's you have to do right by the people who made the, the that character made that show the success that it was. I mean, yes, the fans are also a good part of that because if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have a success with the show because we watched it, we enjoyed it. However, you know, like everyone deserves their, uh, you know their rights and liberties in terms of monetary value for what's being put out, especially the creators. Um, but if I recall, like when it came down to third party vendors, like EC comics still makes money off because of, like, they associate with a certain, co- I forget what the company was, but they have merchandising rights for another company. However, when it comes to tales from tales from the crypt, the TV series, you don't see that kind of stuff anymore. The only merchandising rights you have, the last merchandising rights you, you saw in that in an official capacity was the, the DVDs and the DVD box set that came out. Right. That's the last thing you see in terms of official releases from anything. And those were produced and distributed by Warner Brothers. Right. Well, even if you go to like eBay, you'll see like Tales of the Crypt Blu-ray. And you're like, wait, what is that? And it's really just a bootleg DVD. So they just shoved onto like, you know, a Blu-ray disc or however they did it. It's all just bootleg stuff that people are passing mm-hmm. off. And most of those are, are international releases for the most part from what I've seen. Like I've seen German Blu-rays of Tales from the Crypt and I've never tested, I never tested it myself by buying uh, those myself and seeing if they're actually Blu-ray. Maybe one day I'll actually, you know, get the fortitude to try it out and see how that goes. Otherwise it's going to be money, money down the drain, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like when I go on Reddit and stuff, I see people talk about like they bought, they bought what they thought was a Blu-ray, but it's really just DVD transfers just shoved yeah. on one disc. And uh, uh, a fan actually asked me if I intended on uh, uh, burning these episodes onto a Blu-ray disc and doing like mass production on them and selling them. And I was like, I definitely can't do that. Yeah, you I definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely I mean, cannot I know, do that. I mean, I know for a fact, <laughs> I know for a fact, I mean, the rights issue was a, a big thing and nobody actually had anything up for grabs. But I know for a fact that would still be pushing it a little bit. Uh, to try to make that happen, selling oh, yeah. selling Blu-ray uh, upscales <laughs> to to people. No, yeah. that wouldn't that would not work out for me in the long run. No, you'll definitely get an angry letter at least. Um, but again, it just goes to show that there is a desire for it, and yeah, when there is absolutely. when there is a demand, hope hopefully this will bring about supply. Yes, yes, uh, we are we are definitely hoping. Not just me; all fans are hoping that now that. You know, because we, we've all been we've all been dying for this Blu-ray set. We've been talking about it for years, um, and now that it's almost like the floodgates could open with this whole thing. However, like I said, we don't know if EC Comics is going to pursue anything with this. I mean, in my personal opinion, why would you go through an eight-year battle for the names of your characters and not do anything with them? You know, uh, right. at least. That- how my that's how my brain works in terms of what this whole process is um but we don't know what they can do i mean they can go straight to tnt and work on that revival series that they wanted to work on before yeah we don't know it would, it would see what would make the most sense is to get a streaming deal for the original show at least in a, at the very least in in the current dvd condition i mean we'd love for them to be remastered but at least just to get that out there 
Excuse me, just to um, see what the demand is. And then if that's successful, then maybe they go into production on the new show or something like that. But I'm sure mm -hmm. that would seem the very least that they could do, at least especially for the fans, is to get those <laughs> streaming somewhere. Agreed. I mean, you got to test the waters and see what the fan uh, base wants. I mean, I I've seen petitions for this thing already. I've seen like I've seen petitions. I've seen hashtags uh, mm -hmm. on Twitter. Brain tales to Blu-ray <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. You know, um, and I've seen a lot of people tagging HBO and HBO Max. Like, bring us tales. We want tales on Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if HBO is paying attention. I mean, I hope they are for the, because, you know, you know, how fans can get rabid and sometimes like, you know, you have those certain fans that really get toxic. You know, I, I would I, I pray it doesn't get to that level because it's unnecessary. But, you know, there, at least from what I've seen, there is already a high demand for it. So, yeah, well, it's interesting to me that that because I think people associate the show with HBO so much that they think HBO is owns everything has to do with it. And that's really not the case. Never really was. Yeah um that that's a common misconception i mean because like it's understandable though because it's understandable HBO, yes but yeah hbo was the home of tales from the crypt and you know a lot of people were just like well uh it should be a sh open and shut case H hbo had tales on there why isn't it on hbo max my my easiest assumption here is that and this it's proven because 1996, like I said, I stated earlier that HBO stopped playing Tales. The season ended, the movie stopped, and then HBO never, you never see The Crypt Keeper or Tales from the Crypt on HBO since then. Period. Mm -hmm. So in terms of broadcasting rights, everything at that point was syndicated. It, it, it ended up on Fox in 1994. After the show ended in 1996, the last last you see it on is probably sci-fi, chiller. Uh, then later you see it on Fearnet. All these other syndicated networks is when you end up seeing the show. You never saw it on HBO from that point on. And right. even with the Warner Brothers, even with the Warner Brothers uh, DVD release, you don't see any sort of correlation with HBO on it. Yeah. Never since then. It's and it's almost like a man, it's almost like a Mandela effect that we associate the two so yeah. strongly. Yeah, because as a kid or middle schooler, that's how I started watching the show was syndicated on Fox. Right. Um, so I know I I think I ever I ever watched it directly off of HBO, and I just watched it you know after the fact and then on the discs and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and with Fox, right? Like. Yes, you get, and this is what HBO intended on doing with Fox, was they knew that a lot of homes didn't have HBO on it, you know, on, on, their, on their cable boxes. So in order to pull subscribers in to watch the show, they had it on Fox, on, the, on that syndicated network. They cut out some of the gore, they cut out some of the cursing, the sex scenes, all that kind of stuff. They gave you a taste, mm -hmm. basically a teaser of what you could get if you subscribe to HBO full-time. So if you want to watch Tales uncut, uncensored, to its full effect, you got to subscribe to HBO. And that's how they pulled more subscribers in for that show and amongst yeah. other, you know, library. But And the way, they, the way they programmed that was pretty genius. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they had, I remember this very specifically, we had MT, uh, Mad TV, 
um, at like the nine o'clock slot, I believe, mm -hmm. nine to ten. And then at ten, they would have the Tales from the Crypts from like yeah. 10 to 11, and then just then Saturday Night Live. This is every Saturday, Saturday night. So Saturday Night Live would come on mm -hmm. right after that. So right. me, when I finally learned about Saturday Night Live, I'm like, okay, I want to try to stay up late to watch that. So I'd like be looking for things to keep me awake. So, okay, Mad TV seemed like Saturday Night Live. So, okay, I'd watch that. And then the, there was nothing else on really for like an hour. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's try out this Tales from the Crypt thing. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I wouldn't make it to Saturday Night Live because I'd be yeah. too afraid to stay up any later. Hey, that's a, that sounds like a hell of a Saturday night. I, I like the way that sounded. <laughs> for, yeah, for, 90s, for a young back. 90s kid. For a young 90s kid, that was great. Yeah, um, one of the best eras that we could fucking live in. All right. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of making this kind of a series, um, a state of the crypt, where, you know, I'm planning on bringing in a couple of copyright lawyers to talk about this even further. Um, mm -hmm. And then any, I'd love to get someone from the Gaines estate or from anyone from EC Comics. Or someone, uh, anyone else associated that we can to bring on uh, to talk about this. So I want everyone to uh, keep an eye out. But let me ask you this before we wrap up. If they were going to do a Tales revival show, what would you want it to be? If you were the producer, if you were the head showrunner, what would you personally want to see out of that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, if a revival series happened. Um, or what would you as a fan would make you happy? Well, that's the, the see. That's the thing, though. That there's a lot that I would want as a as a Tales fan, especially for a revival. Um, for one, you know, like I, I'm biased. I grew up on it. I need to see John Cassier and the Crypt Keeper puppet, you know, mm -hmm. and it has to be one of Kevin Yeager's pieces. Like, you know, Kevin Yeager was the mastermind and architect behind the success of that Crypt Keeper puppet, and and him and his team uh, made magic with that puppet. So. You know, um, because a lot of fans have noticed that the Crypt Keeper puppet has eventually ended up being a little bit less articulate, you know, when it came to whenever you saw it, especially when you saw it on Kid WB specials. And then when you saw it on like Fairnet and the, the third movie Ritual, which we don't ever talk about. No, no. We don't ever talk about that. Um, uh, Crypt Keeper puppet, John Cassier, um, a little bit more brought broad and broad tales of you know two-fisted tales uh maybe uh the vault of horror and um oh my god i'm drawing a blank the haunt of fear <laughs> mm -hmm. you know uh, i eventually want to see what they could do with bringing you know the other ghoul lunatics into the mm -hmm. into the franchise i would love to see what they could do with the old witch and the vault keeper because we saw that in the animated series and we saw that with the pc game um, I would actually like to see it in a live action capacity and during the Crypt Keeper segments, you know, mm -hmm. so if they ever decided to bring the, bring the revival uh, to fruition, I definitely would love to see the Ghoul Lunatics in a live action capacity for the first time. Um, new celebrities, you know, you know, new directors. Um, mm, aside from that, no, uh, there's a couple more things, but right now I'm kind of drawing a blank. I sprung that one on. I sprung that one on you. I sprung that question on you, so that's that's fair. <laughs> hey, hey, it's no problem, no problem. I'm I'm just you no know, shooting from the hip here. No, that's all great. Um, yeah, I think that'd be really cool to bring like the Crypt Keeper and friends um, on there and give them kind of like a repertoire, uh, like a, a repertoire, kind of a um, 
to see that how they interact with each other or they kind of go to each other's vault or crypt or cemetery wherever they might happen to be but i'm right. um, still keeping but it's still keeping like contemporary gags you know um seeing the crypt keeper could have a twitter account or something ridiculous like that can only imagine yeah. um, so, what would you want I, I like what you said a lot about having the other um, the other characters. I would definitely want to see something. Uh, I, I want to keep it campy. Of um, I like I like the camp. I, I'm, I'm just thinking about the story themselves. Giving upcoming directors a chance to do something interesting. Um, yeah. Bringing in camp, bringing in established talent with young and up and coming talent. That's, I, I love the mixture of those two things. Right. It's always really interesting. We had like uh, Bobcat Goldwaith with um, oh, what's his name from the Ventriloquist. Yeah, ventrilo Ventriloquist Dummy. Yeah, like that. You had like the kind of old school, new school kind of mixture. Um, I like that. And uh, keeping kind of a little of the absurdity, um, and but still somewhat culturally relevant. Um, finding finding taking old tales but kind of updating them. Those are my favorite episodes so far. That's been like the kind of the the equation. Of taking like an old episode, like an old story. So like, um, fitting punishment is a pretty straightforward. You know, takes comic. You know, takes place in the mortuary. You know, the, so they took kind of that 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 structure and put it into an African American um, uh, funeral parlor, and that that doesn't necessarily change the story, but just adds more flavor and more is interesting background and color and makes it more um, fleshed out. So that's what I really appreciate about those uh, those episodes. That's the kind of thing I'd want to see. Um, and again, I know they kind of did like a new, um, not Outer Limits. What's the other one? Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yeah. So Jordan Peele kind of did that. Um, I haven't had a chance to see it, um, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I had a good time with that one. Um, so I think they can find a way to make it. Ir um, irreverence a little bit, kind of pushing the envelope of taste, not in bad taste, but you know, kind of going there a little bit. So give, give us a little, a little taboo without being, you know, overly. And I think, I think there's a place for that. Uh, I agree. Um, especially with that last bit you just said, uh, one other person had asked me, like, you know, when it came down to bringing tales back, like, do you think it would actually work in our society nowadays? Um, 80% of me says yes. Another 20% of me says probably not because um, obviously back, you know, the, the original series was a product of its age. So it, it, it hit certain subjects a little bit more different than what we would do it now. Uh, especially when we have uh, cancel culture, we have, you know, people who, you know, are very, very vocal about this, the, the displeasure that they have when it comes to watching some of the content that gets put out on media nowadays, you know, and, you know, the original comics themselves, the original comics themselves, they were known for pushing the envelope. They, they really know were known for pushing the envelope. That's why you had so many angry parents that told their kids to stop reading this trash, this garbage, you know, and ended up burning, burning these comic books in outrage. Um, in terms of reviving the series, I would honestly like to think that it could be successful if they really, really were poking at the audience and really pushing the boundaries to really make, not only make you think, 
but to terrify you. So when it comes to going back to that, uh, that, that other question, you say like, what else do you think should be brought to the revival? I would love to see them terrify the audience. Like, you know, you got that, that campiness from the Crypt Keeper. Like that's what he was meant to be. He was meant to be the, the comic relief. Mm-hmm. Like even with the puns and, and, you know, with the cackle and whatnot, sometimes as we grow up, you know, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It could be funny, but that's what he was there for. However, the episodes themselves were meant to be something that had a message, a moral and ethical message, like the comics did. So just like how we watch all these other horror anthologies, these sci-fi anthologies, there's always a message in, in these things. And I really would like to see the revival really make people, you know, like scare the shit out of them when yeah. they watch these episodes. So Hopefully we'll see that. I mean, TNT had a plan. If if EC Comics is going to TNT again with this project and TNT decides to buy the rights to, you know, start burning the rubber on this whole plan of theirs, you know, I I hope they do it right. I, I really hope they do it right because from what we already already knew and what we read is wasn't exactly appeasing to some of the fans. So um regardless I, I'm, I'm always up for giving them a chance and seeing what they're going to do with it so we'll see yeah the other one of the other things i was just talking about this in another episode that i'd love to see would be like not exactly tales from the crypt but like a, a, a show about the creators of tales from the crypt so kind of like mad men but with the crypt but in ec comics oh i would love that yeah absolutely yeah, I think yeah. that that would be really, really cool to see something like. And then, then you can kind of go meta, them like going into the comics or like kind of acting out the comics and like little vignettes or something like that. Um, yeah. That would yeah. definitely be one interesting way you would. I would, def- I would, def- definitely, like need- see, I would mm-hmm. definitely like to see Al Feldstein and William Gaines going through the entire process of going from educating comics to entertaining entertaining comics. And then going through that entire Senate committee yeah. uh, BS and dealing, uh, I, f- I forget what the, uh, the therapist's name is, um, but you know, the guy, the guy basically gave him a hard time and along with the Senate uh, and then like, it, it would be amazing to see them go full circle because if anybody is like really big on the EC lore and what their history was, they knew for a fact that they started out, right. They started building up with the horror genre and then once they really started getting traction, we had, they had the public outrage, they had the Senate committee, they had the censorship, and that's when the comic book code was initiated. And then, then they went to mad comics, and then right. it just slowly went downhill from there. Um, they started doing the revival uh, archives and the reprints, and then Mad TV was made. And then, you know, eventually... William M. Gaines and EC were recognized at the Horror, Horror Hall of Fame for all the work that they've contributed for the horror community and genre. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to see that kind of stuff put together in a series, in a faithful adaptation of what those two individuals and their, their team, their artists and their, their, pet, their, uh, their artists and their inkers, whoever was involved in EC Comics, you know, if we saw what they had to go through. And I think that would be really great, not only for Tales fans in general, but also anybody who's a comic book fan in general, anyone who's into horror, to see what they had to deal with. 
Right. And again, if you get good enough writers that can get, draw the human drama, you can make you can make anything interesting. You can make a, again, if you can make an ad agency in the fifties and sixties interesting, this will be like a, a shoe in really if you can get the the good enough writers to get the human drama in that. Oh, big time. Um, so that's just another idea I had. Um, okay, so let's wrap things up. Uh, where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Uh, well, the, the most common place you'll find me uh, is on Facebook in the Tales from the Crypt uh, group of gore. Um, you'll find me there. Uh, you'll find me on Instagram at CryptTube, uh, CryptEducator on Twitter, and CryptTube YouTube channel. So uh, if anyone's looking for me or trying to contact me with uh, questions or trying to outreach to me for uh, suggestions, please feel free to contact me. Okay, great. And yeah, we'll put some links uh, when we release this episode. So it'll make things a awesome. lot easier. Thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, that wraps things up. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. This is a blast. Again, it's, it's been my pleasure. I, I'm gravely appreciating this opportunity to speak to you and uh, get my information out there and being able to have you hear me out. Uh, again, thank you one, one more time for having me on. Oh, sure. Hopefully this leads to, again, this just helps push, pushes the narrative that people want this. Thinking, yes. Uh, we want content. <laughs> yes, um, yes. We, we want more tales. Give us tales on Blu-ray. Yes. Release the crypt. Yes. Um, okay. And with that, we appreciate everyone for listening. It'd be a great help if you give us a rating and review on iTunes. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Take it guys. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch, but be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs>